it's important to take ownership, to have at least enough of an understanding of how the pieces fit together, why everything is there, to be a business owner. But at the same time, you're also for somebody who offers a service on that front, you're a much better client if you have an understanding how the pieces fit together. So it's definitely worth learning enough and having that learner attitude. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Anchor. It's so awesome to have you joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited because you are the tech monster whisperer. Now, I know that there is already so many people that are pricking up their ears and going, oh, I think we need to, I think we need to hang around for this episode because tech, oh my goodness, something it's questions that I get every single day from my clients I don't know how to do this or I don't know what tech I need so today that's what we're going to cover because you help people to tame the tech monster so I would love you to start off by sharing before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what this topic is how did you get to this place yeah that's a little bit of a convoluted story but um <laughs> actually well, actually, the interesting part is I used to live in Australia. I used to live in Sydney for five years in the late 90s. And that's actually where I more or less stumbled into a career of software development, mm-hmm. like literally in the 90s when this all came out. So, yeah, I was kind of more pushed and shoved into it and convinced by supportive colleagues that I should pursue this as a career. And um, so, yeah, i basically became a software developer still flabbergasted because coming from Germany this idea that you could actually make a career out of something that you hadn't studied at uni was like holy you know that was just yeah to me so and, I, and I loved different. it yeah you know and I love that attitude of we don't care how you learned it the main thing is you know how to do it mm-hmm. and I really loved that industry you know despite kind of my initial resistance so and I basically had a blast for yeah. over a decade in that industry. And then I moved to London and, um, you know, worked in IT there until I went on a holiday to Peru. And then I studied some Spanish and then I went on trips to Spain and thought, oh, actually, you know, I'd love to live in Spain. So how would I pull this off? Well, I'm just going to start a sewing business as one does. So I basically quit my IT job in London, moved to Spain and started my own business and made flamenco dresses. (laughs) That's a story for another day. But I was still, obviously, you can't take the geek out of the girl, right? So Uh I would still do my own websites and basically stay in the loop. You know, I would keep, you know, up to date with things. And over time, people would start asking me, you know, can you help me with this website? And I'm like, yeah, go away. I'm busy kind of thing. I moved away. I kind of burned myself out with the sewing business. And, and out of that whole process, I decided I wanted to sh- change tack again and focus on supporting other people who want to build their own business and turn a passion into a business. And my direction, I really was looking into the direction of 
sharing or making people aware that building a business is like a crash course in personal development more than anything. Uh So this is because that's what it was, was my experience. So that's what direction I was looking into. That's how I wanted to support people. And then all the while people would go, you know, but I want to do it. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but it's easy. Go away. (laughs) So, (laughs) So it was literally people would kind of like pull at me and, and it took me quite a while to realize that I actually have some experience there that really, really helps people over a hurdle. Mm. And because you see it all the time, people have wonderful ideas and they're inspired and they're enthusiastic. And when it comes down to, okay, let's now actually make it happen. Then this overwhelm sets in because Mm. it's just information Mm -hmm. overload and there's just, it's a rabbit hole. You know, once you look and you kind of open one little door, it feels like you open a can of worms and three, you solve one problem and three others show, show up. And I, and I just all of a sudden kind of discovered that this is such a sweet spot for me because I never just fix the tech, you know, (laughs) you know, I will always look at the strategy and the intention behind it. And we always look at, you know, what got you into the mess in the first place. So it's always, it's got that deeper element as well. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I get to do everything I love doing and I can really solve a problem for people. So in the flow of that, the book was created and it's called Taming the Tech Monster. That's where the Tech Monster Whisperer comes from. And uh, so, yeah, that's basically what I do these days. I love that story because I think that so many people you know, it takes them a while to realize, oh, this is the thing, you know, this is the thing that people come to me for. This is the thing that I find so easy. And it's the things that we find so, so easy that are often the most overlooked things because, because they're easy for us. We think they're easy for everyone else. And, and so I love that. And um, I also love the fact that you're a rule breaker, that you just decided that this is what I'm going to do and i'm not going to worry about anyone else's rules and i'm just going to to go and do it and i think that is so so cool now let's dive into this topic because i know that there's so much that we can cover here let's start off with you know the people that are very inspired they've realized what it is they want to do they've i've got this passion i've realized you know what i'm going to do it i've decided i'm going to do it and all of a sudden they lift the hood on the tech and go uh oh no, can't do it. And they're about to walk away. And at this point, so many people do walk away. And I find this so, I actually find it upsetting because I also was like this when I very first started off in, you know, in, I think we had our web, our first website, you know, in the late nineties. And I was like, oh, whoa, like we didn't even have computers at school. Now I think I've just aged myself, but you know, it is actually, it is about not running away. It's about going, okay, well, let's learn this. So let's clarify to start off with, what is it that makes tech difficult? What is it that makes it so that people just walk away from starting their business or diving deeper into their business? Mm. There's really two parts to it because one part is call it beliefs mm-hmm. and expectations. Mm-hmm. And the other part is what I like to call a hidden layer of complexity that nobody talks about Mm -hmm. and that makes people feel stupid. Mm -hmm. The common beliefs that people, a lot of people stumble over that I always will kind of dedicate myself to breaking open because 
you know, once you see through them and then you can actually go from that, oh my God, to, hmm, let's figure this out. Uh And the classic is, oh, I'm too old for this, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is, this is a young people's, you know, and well, I'm living proof that that's BS because I got into IT like pretty late. So Uh I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't into that stuff at a young age at all. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of young people who haven't got a clue. And there's a lot of older people who haven't got a clue. So it just simply hasn't got anything to do with age, right? And then there is the classic, oh, yeah, I'm a woman. Like, you know, I'm just not technical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that context, I always like to point people to the fact, like, look to the old Eastern Bloc. I grew up in East Germany. Mm -hmm. So if you look at how we were brought up, and if you look at Russia and the other Eastern Bloc countries, when I grew up, over half or around half of all the engineering spots at university and around half of the engineering jobs were taken by women they just wow. kind of forgot to tell us that women weren't supposed to be technical not, not supposed to be technical wow. basically like nobody told us so we kind of got to question that and um so it's i've seen for me coming into the west it was like what is that <laughs> why 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 are there no you know women in it or why are there no women engineers why is this mm-hmm. whole women's and men i i didn't even know this was a, a thing still yeah totally and so basically the assumption often is if i was just male and young this would be easy uh-huh. and i can t- show i can show you so many examples of young men who haven't got a clue Oh, you know, so my youngest just... son has no idea, <laughs> absolutely know, no idea. <laughs> that's the thing, you know, yeah. so and if you kind of see that, well, actually there are, you know, older women who are good at this stuff and there are younger men who aren't and the other mm-hmm. way around. So it's just not a function of any It's of not an age. It's not a gender. It's just a thing. Not, not at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and the other, que- the other big thing that often comes up is like, yeah, oh, well, I've always been crap at maths. Uh, mm-hmm. you know in science mm-hmm. math it's just i'm an artist you know and i'm like yeah yep. well i'm creative too now the thing is and i see it over and over in every software project i've ever worked on and every client project i've ever worked on 80 percent at least of the work isn't technical mm-hmm. right so basically even if you don't like tech the, t- the the tech part is so tiny that don't be, don't hide behind that like that's not an excuse like nobody's yep. gonna buy that so which is good news really when, because some people love tech stuff and other people don't, fine, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But the, it's not, the bulk of the work isn't technical, right? So, and I think that is really good news for people who who, who don't really, you know, like the tech stuff. And especially these days, and you mentioned it before, like in the 90s when we didn't even have, you know, I remember still writing my thesis to uh-huh, finish uni. Uh-huh. I didn't even have Windows installed. It was still a DOS word in DOS, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So basically tools have come such a long way. And these days, everything has a user interface that is designed with normal people in mind. Like you Mm. don't have to be an engineer to anything you might want, need to work or use as part of building your business. That's got a user interface that does not require you Hmm. to have any kind of super technical skills. I love that you bring up the belief right at the beginning because it's actually something that I only caught myself on just in the last couple of years. I constantly Hmm. was saying, I'm not techie. 
I was saying it over and over again and I hadn't even realized what I was doing because I've got friends that are so, so smart in the tech world and, you know, have bought and sold IT companies and I was comparing myself to them and, and, you know, they would talk about things and I'd be like, I don't understand that. But what I didn't realize was I didn't understand it like the highest, highest level. But what I did understand was so much more than, you know, the, the general public and I was saying I'm not techie. And I, once I realized I was holding myself back by saying that and that that mm. was a belief, everything changed. And now I, for most part, I can whiz around tech pretty easily and pretty quickly just because I stopped telling myself I was not, you know, oh, I actually do know what I'm doing. It was that it was as simple as that. And that's so true, isn't it? Because just simply remembering that, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not stupid. I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Marie Folio, everything is figure outable. And I'm totally. asserting that that applies to tech as well. And when you look at a different example, when somebody buys a new washing machine, right? And it's a very modern one and comes out and it's got all these dials and you haven't got a clue what that is. I've not ever come across anybody who'd say, oh, I don't like washing machines. Take this thing away. I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Or a dishwasher. <laughs> you know, Who would do that I with know. a dishwasher? <laughs> I know. You know, so basically there's two types of people. One will go, hmm, let me just kind of like fuff around with the dials a bit and see what happens. And there's other people who read the menu first, uh, the, the, the instructions first, right? Mm-hmm. But both of them, work of the assumption that they have what it takes to figure this out right and and the online tech tools that any normal business owner will have to use are no more demanding in the sense of tech than any of this is if you walk towards that with the idea okay let me just see how to figure this out mm-hmm. you will figure it out Mm, right mm. it's just when you kind of go at it it's like oh i don't know people will say oh there's an error I'm like, okay what's the error well i don't know i just close <laughs> you know like <laughs> as people won't even read the error messages they kind yes. of so you know and it's it's that thing and if you can break through or at least challenge those beliefs you know it just ta- it changes everything around totally now let's talk about let's step right at the beginning there are there are a few pieces of tech that we do need to be able to run our online businesses i don't believe it's as many as a lot of people think i think that there's only a few so let we'll get into that in a bit because i'd love to hear your take on that i think that we get sold a lot of tech that we actually don't need um (laughs) but let's start off with how do you know what it is that you need because there's something that i see in facebook groups all the time that absolutely makes me want to tear my hair out and it's someone saying what crm do you use and that's the way they (laughs) so that's the way they try and figure out what crm they need and i used to jump into the groups and and now and now i don't because i used to go in and and offer my opinion and maybe that's the wrong question um and i would love you to talk about that as well how do we choose as coaches and consultants what tech we need so that it suits us not what everyone else is using I love that you bring that up because it's like one of my biggest pet peeves, you know, the <laughs> online, <laughs> what online course, course platform, what, oh, what's the best yep, online yep. course platform. I don't yep. know how many, you know, threads I've answered to because everybody will then always just list all the tools that they know uh-huh, and have uh-huh. ever heard of. 
And yeah. I'm always thinking like, what makes you ask this in a Facebook group, right? And what, how do you think that's like having this list of a hundred different tools is going to help you? Well, I think but, they put it in the Facebook group in the first place because they really, really don't understand and they really don't know. But what they do is open up a can of worms and overwhelm themselves exactly. even more. So let's let's not ask about what tech <laughs> someone else uses in a Facebook group and how do we do it? <laughs> well, I think I'm always um, saying, well, let's just work, let's just take a step back, right? It's always coming down to slowing down to speed up. And you'll find when somebody asks what, and it's very classic, it's a classic case for podcasts as well. I want mm -hmm. to start a podcast. What's the best microphone? Right? Oh, and it's I'm always, always the saying, first question. I know. You know <laughs> and I'm it's saying, like, well, look, that is so irrelevant right now. <laughs> I know, you know, until you have a super strong answer to the question, why would anybody, including you, want to waste their precious time listening to your ramble? You don't need a microphone. Mm -hmm, like sort mm -hmm. that out. And it's basically the same thing. I want to have an online course. What's the best platform, right? You're not at the point to make that decision. And every single time somebody asks that question and somebody feels the overwhelm of there's just too much stuff out there, I swear, they're basically trying to race up a flight of stairs, mm -hmm. taking four steps at once when they've just got the gym membership yesterday and aren't fit mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. right? And they're coming there huffing and puffing and don't get there. And it's always because they're jumping over steps that are really important because mm. every time you take somebody like that and you go well okay let's okay so what are you doing and she goes oh i've got all the modules right i know all the modules okay who's gonna buy it well okay that's already where people like mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know often it starts crumbling now some people have that you know okay this is the topic they're very clear on that now the question okay what's the experience you want to create for your learners mm -hmm. and they go well okay well i've got the modules well that's not what i'm talking about is if i'm your student i've just bought this thing i'm logging in what am i going to see right so how does this work am i going to have access to everything all at once is there like will i get to know the other people in the course is it like can i just kind of go through it when i want or is there like a time to go with it um, is it videos? Is are there live calls, or do I have access to you? Is there can I kind of book a call, or you know, and and how do I pay? You know, is it like one off, or is it like a subscription, or do I have payment plans? People don't know. No, I don't know. Now, but when you look at these questions, when when you answer them, you can probably already guess they're pretty straightforward. Translate to functionality you're going to be looking for in 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 the tech tools. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So if you say, well, no, I don't want to overwhelm people with all that stuff all at once. I really want that content to be released every week. Mm -hmm. Well, then you might want to look for for a platform that offers, you know, drip, drip content. Yeah. Right. So if you say, well, I want to offer a payment plan. Well, then you might want to choose a platform that has that. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's there's, um, you know, if you want to have a community element. Well, there are platforms that are really strong in that area and other platforms don't have it at all. So you kind of start to put together a list of requirements, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like a shopping list, mm -hmm. right? And then when you look at that, 
you know what to look for, then it's not just this avalanche of all these different tools, but people usually don't have an answer for that. Right? When you say, okay, what's the journey? What's my experience? What is it? How do you want this to work? They don't know. Yeah. Well, that's totally. kind of like walking in a huge hardware store thinking, oh, I want to build a shelf. Mm -hmm. hmm. You know, but then you go in there and you're, well, well I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. somebody will ask you, what kind of shelf do you want? Well, I don't know. Wood or metal or, you know, mm -hmm. well, if you haven't mm -hmm. got a clue, then it's really difficult to find the right materials and the right tools for it because you don't know what you totally. want so you can't even ask for help so you want to kind of design that experience that you want to create you know and that's the same for a podcast for a website for an online course for a membership like anything mm. it's always in the beginning like if you enjoy going through the hardware store by all means go have an exploration have a look around what's available because that might in inspire you but if you're new to all of this that's not a good idea because you're going to be mm -hmm. just overwhelmed. So if you start off with what, what do I actually want to create? And then you have your shopping list, you know, the kind of stuff you need in a platform. And then you can go to Google and say best online course platform 2020. Don't forget mm -hmm. the year. You don't want the best <laughs> platform from 2016. Yeah, because yeah. It might not be around anymore or no longer the best. And then you get a bunch of responses that are usually listings top 15 whatever or top 10 and you'll find if you look at all of those you'll find there are seven or eight platforms names that will come up all the time that's your mm -hmm. short list mm -hmm. right and with those you go in and the first the only page you look at is the pricing page right because the pricing page will show you the plans but it also shows you a list of all the functionality mm -hmm. that this has and what's available at what plan Right now you compare that to a shopping list, right? And sometimes you might find, oh, you know, I wanted to have this automatic transcript creation, but that's only available on the enterprise plan. And I would always say, well, until you've sold a few, mm -hmm. don't spend. You don't want to go to the enterprise you know, plan. You don't. No. You don't no. want to. You don't want to go to the enterprise plan until you've actually sold a few. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, some things that you thought you wanted might turn or might get dropped onto the nice to have list, you know, but you can quickly make out which platforms don't have what you need at all, or where sometimes they have it, but not on the plan. And so you can basically come quickly down to a short list, maybe of three, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And out of those, and for those three, you create a, a trial account. Yeah. And then you'll so find one goes like, oh boy, I can't stand the thing, you know? Uh -huh. So then that leaves you with two, <laughs> you know, and then you just kind of make a decision at some point, just pick yeah. one and go with it. I love this so much. It's about really understanding what the outcome is and then reverse engineering that. It's actually not about the tech at all. It's not about choosing the tech. It's about choosing which tech fits into what it is that you're trying to achieve. And my clients know that I reverse engineer absolutely everything in my business and my life. And that's what this is. It's about really getting clear on the on the on what is going to move the needle. And I think overwhelm is just moving too many steps ahead. It's like, well, let's bring it back 
what is just like the very first thing? Let's just talk about that very first thing. Now what's the second thing? Now what's the third thing? Uh, and it's something that, that again, I do with my clients when they say, oh, tell, what's the next thing? No, we're not talking about that today because all you'll do is get overwhelmed and you won't action what we've, what we've spoken about. Just do that. I know what needs to be done next. When you've done it, come back and see me and then we'll, we'll and work we'll, on the next yeah. step. And that's what Absolutely. I'm loving here is just really getting very clear on the answer, uh, very clear on the questions, not the answers, getting very clear on the questions that you need to mm -hmm. ask. So you said something really interesting to me before we started recording and you said what looks like a tech problem never is. Mm -hmm. Straight away, I was like, oh, that, that even pushed my buttons a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What is a tech, what, what looks like a tech problem never is? Let's, let's lift the hood on this. Yeah, and I, I love because it's love, like it really pushes people's buttons <laughs> because everyone's, yeah, yeah, but mine is really a tech problem. Well, I mean, just when we, looked at, when we look at what we've just talked about, you know, mm -hmm all these questions, all these things you want to think about, you know, how much tech was in there? Nothing, right? And we didn't even, we just looked at functionality because there's the other part. It's like, okay, what have you already got? Mm -hmm. You know, how steep a learning curve are you willing and able to take on for this, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot to say for familiarity. I'm always with Mr. Einstein who says like, make everything as simple, but not simpler. So, you know, how can you keep it simple now and then have it so that it can grow. But none of that is technical. Like most of the consideration, most of the planning, most of the figuring out what I need has got nothing to do with tech, right? Mm -hmm. So now there is the part at some point, well, okay, there will be some software that you have to create an account and set up and whatever. And sometimes, oh boy, there'll be an error message or something will not work the way you think. And I see that a lot because I look, I work a lot on screen share with people, right? Mm -hmm. And so we both look at the same error message. It's very funny. And I can sometimes see somebody, I can see anxiety coming up. Uh -huh. I, I can see them like, this is like, and you can, you can physically on the screen, you can see them tense up, uh -huh. right? When there's this like, oh, there's an error and this kind of didn't save or whatever, you know, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, that's weird. I thought that would save go back you know so and it was just like and I'm like there you can see it's not the pixel on the screen because if it was the tech causing it then it would be the same for everyone wouldn't it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right it's an error message so something didn't go the way everybody thought it should now the stress comes from what you make of that mm -hmm. right when you take that oh boy tech never works for me it's always me you know I don't know why can't I figure that out mm -hmm. boy I must be really stupid right when you go down that road and people hate not being like that sense of I'm out of my depth here yeah yeah I hate you not know? knowing the answer I hate not knowing I hate being out of my depth mm -hmm. I hate feeling stupid that's what people hate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's not the tech because at the end of the day, it's just software, right? It's just yeah. like, okay, there's something executed, didn't quite go the way we thought, you know, and sometimes it's just the configuration thing because we didn't know, oh, we should have done this first, whatever, like the sequence of steps can sometimes be, you know, and not all software is designed in a way that is super intuitive. Sometimes you think, oh God, like, you know, this, I don't know, Presta Shop is a classic. It's like, 
these guys, <laughs> you know, they should be, they should all be doing you know, something else. Just, <laughs> yes, you know, but it's just not intuitive and the way it's structured mm -hmm. is just weird. And sometimes you have MailChimp that can be a nightmare because if you don't know the history of it and the terminology they use can be confusing. So yeah, you know, but when this is all not a problem until you go and make that mean something about your capacity, your capability, you know, and your ability to, to figure this out. That's when it becomes mm. stressful and that still has nothing to do with tech. I think that's a, like a huge value bomb there to really be, uh, you know, really acknowledge when those feelings come up. And it's that bit that we hate. It's that, that mm -hmm. feeling that we don't like, not the actual tech, just to take a breath and say, okay, well, I'm the one that's driving this thing. I've done something a little bit odd. Let's just go back and, fi and fix it up. And, and it's actually got nothing to do with hating the tech at all. I think that is so awesome to be able to pull out of, out of those situations and just focus on what do we need to do to get this done. Yeah. I love that. So you, you have a, how do we know what to search for? You talk, you talked a little <laughs> bit about online course platforms, but, and that's fairly easy, right? If we're, if we want to do an online course, we know we need to have an online course platform, but what about the stuff that we don't know we need? How do we know what tech to implement and what we even need to look for? Because if we've not been in a techie world before, we, we don't even know what's available to us. Oh, that's so true. Isn't it? I actually yeah. posted about that literally like yesterday. <laughs> and, I, I, and was, was, I was feeling your vibes you apparently. Just, yeah, you could just read my mind. <laughs> and, and it happens all the time. And it actually happened to me early on in my sewing business. Very funny story. And, you know, I set up my sewing studio first thing, you know, I had my sewing machine on that cute little computer desk thing so uh -huh, that had uh -huh. wheels so I could you know the space wasn't very big so I could move it around and I, I felt so clever about that because you know making the best use of the space I had my cutting table with this little cutting mat and my rotary cutter that my mum had bought and so I was like all ready to go took photos of my lovely new sewing studio start making the first thing and I'm like oh, oh you know that <laughs> computer uh -huh. desk vibrated so badly that I could you couldn't actually sew a straight seam uh -huh. so that was kind of a utter disaster and the little rotary cutter that was like prom so promising turned out to be an utter nightmare because when you make dresses with lots of ruffles and so there's a lot of cutting to do and mm -hmm. that thing needed sharpening all the time yeah it seemed so slow and so frustrating and one day an experienced dressmaker she comes to visit me she she watches what I'm doing and she starts laughing <laughs> you know she she just laughs at me she said for god's sake you need an electric rotary cutter uh all right I, I had no idea they existed yeah right I didn't know they existed when I got it it literally cut the time I took to make a dress in half mm -hmm. you know so it was that tiny little tool wasn't even expensive so I actually somebody responded to that post and said so how would you then and when I thought about it you know what I came to think what if we took a sense of frustration as a signal to hang on let's see whether there's a better way of doing that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every time we feel frustration right and the other thing there's a there's a little trick almost a little hack that can instantly improve the you know the level of satisfaction that you get from answers that stuff that you search on google mm -hmm. is because a lot of the time people 
solve the wrong problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and we all do it. And it's not just in tech, but it can be really frustrating in tech because when you do it, then you don't, the answers you get, they don't seem to make sense, which then confirms your kind of bias that you're too stupid for this. Mm -hmm. So it's not helpful. It really sends you down the rabbit hole. And so what happens, and, I, and, I, and an example is a, is a real life example, explains it beautifully. Somebody asks me and says, what's the best way to compress a video? And I'm like, what? Why would you want to compress a video? And she uh -huh. goes, no, yeah, yeah, I, I, need, I need to email it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why would you want to email a video? And she goes, yeah, you know, the other day, you know, with COVID and stuff. So I had to do an online Zoom, like a workshop on Zoom. And now mm -hmm. I need to send the recording to the people who were on the call, mm -hmm. right? So she did what we all do a lot of the time is she had a problem to solve. And the problem was, how can I distribute the recording of that call? Mm -hmm. And then she came up with a solution oh, I need to email it. Mm -hmm. And then she probably tried and found and, you know, and the email client says, me, attachment's too big, you know, can't send it. Oh, how can I make the video file smaller, mm -hmm. right? But she was headed in the wrong direction to start with. So especially when this isn't your area of expertise, the solutions you come up with are probably not the best solutions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and then she went ahead and searched for, for what she thought the solution was. Mm -hmm. instead of so before you type something into google i want to find how to compress a video why you know the same questions i ask her to actually get back to the real problem mm -hmm. you know before you go type something into google do the you know ask yourself why at least three times mm -hmm. and what come what you come up with the initial problem type that into google you'll be surprised. So can you right? just take it through? Because I, I actually think the, I think that this would be a really great way to help people understand. So she couldn't send the email. What is the kind of question that she would have asked first? Why, why do you want to send the video? Well, I actually, so well, why, like I actually tried it out, right? If uh -huh. you literally type into Google, how to distribute a call, a zoom call recording, mm -hmm. People will say, for God's sake, upload it to YouTube and email out the link. Well, there you go, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's like literally without trying to come up without like simply typing in the problem mm -hmm. without trying to already pre-solve or pre-choose, you know, the, the, the solution. Mm -hmm. Simply type in the initial problem you have. Right. Because we do it all the time. And in the sewing business, I had people who would come and say, oh, I want a pencil. Like I want a skirt, like a dance skirt, really straight all the way down to the knee and then flare out. Mm -hmm. uh, no, 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 no. Uh, see, I'm a dancer. The first thing I'm thinking is, how are you going to move in that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Because what she really wants is a skirt that doesn't make her look fat on stage. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. she wants. Her solution to it. The way she thought that problem would be solved was like, oh, if we keep it really narrow, mm -hmm. then I'm going to look all pretty, right? Mm -hmm. So now not taking into account that you can't actually move. Mm -hmm. Now, if she said initially, okay, I really don't want to look fat on that stage. What can we do? Well, you know, we can play with cut. We can play with fabric. We can play with color. We've got all whole range of solutions available. And the other problem with searching for what you think the solution is, 
you actually miss out on all the other options that you don't know exist mm. right so that's the same the same thing with um oh that's that <laughs> i've got another funny real life example a friend of mine comes over and she goes do you have a hairpin and i'm like nope and she was about to walk out of the door out the door and i'm like what do you want a hairpin for and she goes yeah you know i've got this padlock and i've got the key and i've fuffled around with it and i broke it off so i need a hairpin to get bit the last bit of the key out uh-huh. and i'm like oh i've got a tatting needle that'll work fine and she goes what's a tatting needle well it's a needle for lace making uh-huh. she didn't know this thing existed we go with tatting needle boom piece of key out so uh-huh. if she are like and but if i hadn't been curious her solution was a hairpin uh-huh right because she couldn't ask for tatting needle because she didn't know it existed. If she mm. comes and says, "Look at this, you know, I, I messed up the padlock. <laughs> Do you have something that might get this key out?" Well, then we have options. Yeah. Right? This is so good. This is so good. Now, I know that you mentioned your book at the beginning of the episode, Taming the Tech Monster. Can you tell us a little bit about what you cover in this book? Because I think that this is going to be very valuable to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, the, the book's really going into obviously a lot more depth on the on the beliefs that aren't helpful, right? And then it literally guides you through the process of, okay, how do I now figure out the tech, right? And also it, it includes how do I go about getting help? Because I'm the last person to say everybody should turn into a geek, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not about it's not about you turning into a programmer. It's about you understanding enough to take ownership of your business because that's something. Oh, I've seen horrible stuff where people mm-hmm. didn't even own their domain, and you know because they've been taken for a ride because yeah, because they don't know. And, yeah, exactly. You know, and they do fear-based outsourcing. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with it. You do it. Right? Oh my goodness. Yes. I had someone just the mm-hmm. other day say that they're going to outsource all of their marketing. I said, okay, what's the launch strategy? She said, I don't know. I said, oh, if I were you, she said, I don't want to know. And I said, no, really, you need to go this and ask what the launch strategy is. You're yeah. the one that's handing over the money. Do not put yeah. your head in the sand. And people do that and they do it, they do it with finances and they do it with tech, especially mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. people who've, you know, and they can begin, you know, it's like, it's like taking your, your car to, to the garage. You know, if you're, if you're a woman, like at least where I live, right. You know, if they get the slightest sense that you don't know, they're going to take you for a ride. Oh you know? my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing. And, it, and I'm always amazed how quickly people shoot over their passwords. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, go away. I don't want your passwords. Like, you know, so it's important to take ownership, to have at least enough of an understanding of how the pieces fit together, why everything is there to be a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. And not, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, put your head in the sand and, and also to be a good client for someone. Yeah. Right. Because if somebody hasn't got a clue, then you've got this huge drama with expectation management, you know, so that it's like you're not a good client. I mean, obviously, you it's, it's risky for you because you can get taken for a ride by anybody. Mm-hmm. And on the, in the tech world, people love, love, love putting people in these artificial dependency situations. You know, how many times people have, oh, you know, I've got this website. It was really expensive. And now I have to pay them extra every time I want to mm-hmm. change a headline. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's common. Right. So you definitely want to 
but at the same time, you're also for somebody who offers a service on that front, you're a much better client if you have an understanding how the pieces fit together. So it's Absolutely. definitely worth learning enough and having that learner attitude. That's I think that's just part of being, you know, in business. You have totally. to understand your marketing and be conscious and make conscious decisions on, on your business, on the financial side, on marketing, tech, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, you know, if you totally. want a steady job, go get, go get a job, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big de a fan of delegating and I think a lot of people mix that up and think that that means that I hand over all of my, you know, all of my jobs and my thought process and my knowledge and my education, but that's not the case. I am a huge delegator. But the little piece that is different for me, I think that is different to other some other people that delegate is that I make sure I know how to do that job, not in every single detail, because if I no. need to do something once, I'm not going to waste my time learning how to do it. If, it, if it's a once-off job, delegate that without knowing. But if it's an ongoing thing, I want to know the basics of how it works and also how long it takes. Because mm -hmm. when you have no idea you know then you've got unrealistic expectations when you do delegate it so i think that it's it's worthwhile to know how to do these things even though i'm also a big believer that you shouldn't be doing them you should know how to do them um I because agree. Yeah. because yeah education is is you know it's a smart place to be like you said it's your business it's your money and i've just i'm sure you've seen so many people being taken for a ride oh, and, it, you don't and it's tragic know. no <laughs> it's no tragic. i don't it's, because it makes yeah, me so sad. upset yeah mm. yeah so the book in, has all of that cool information i believe that you have a special surprise for our listeners yep i've got a, a pdf version of the book as a free download for listeners awesome and where can they go to get that they can go to ankerherman.com forward slash sam s-a-m super <laughs> super easy i will put the link in the show notes as always i do thoroughly suggest that if tech is something that drives you crazy grab a copy of taming the tech monster Something I have learned, thankfully, is that tech isn't as hard as I was making it out to be. And that just having these few tips that Anchor has talked about today just makes it so much easier for you to move forward in your business so that you can grow it and more people know what it is that you do and to have access to your genius, which is what we want. Exactly. Anchor, so much. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us about this topic today. It's a topic that I haven't actually covered on the show before. So it's so awesome when we had this conversation and I said, you have to come on the show. We have to talk about this. So thank you so much for coming on and dropping so many value bombs. Thanks so much for having me. It was lots of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samanthariley.global forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts and change makers over at samanthariley.global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one -on -one level at hello at samanthariley.global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.